the Friday edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Jamie Turner filling in for Joe Noga. And of course, here is he, as he is almost every day, is Paul Hoynes. And I, I have a number for you, Paul, uh, something you may not know. Can you give me a guess? Since the game MLB stopped in, in late April or late March, how many stories you've still written on our site? <laughs> God, There's no baseball going on? I have no idea, Jamie. <laughs> I, I actually, only because I was doing something else at the same time, I actually started counting. And uh, it's in the neighborhood of 160 posts. Some podcasts, obviously, included in that number. But 160 posts. And folks, if you can't think that we're not paying attention to your baseball Jones and trying to fill it with content, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so uh, just wanted to send that little note along. And of course, now that we have baseball and you're able to write about it, oh, wait a second, that's not MLB. <laughs> that's the big ball game of the day. And which was North Olmstead and Ohio City last, yesterday, last night in the uh, in the ten year old youth league, and it's one of uh, a few stories that you've written about youth baseball and what's <clears> going on uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's go over how did this happen. Well, that's a, that's a good question, Jamie. Uh, you know, Dave Campbell, our, our, the sports editor, our sports editor at Cleveland dot com, and the Plain Dealer. Um, um, we were he was kicking you know he suggested the idea to me and uh you know and I, and I thought i thought it made sense it was it was a you know we talked about it we kicked it around a little bit and uh it, it and, you know and we and i just uh you know i was open to it i was getting antsy i you know you you want to do something this is the baseball season you're supposed to be moving somewhere you know if i'm not in a hotel or a ballpark i i'm uh you know i, I don't know what i don't know what to do with myself so uh this was uh, this was fun, and uh, it's been a blast. I got to tell you, I, I'm I've been covered, uh, you know, uh, youth leagues and little league games, and since I was at the Painesville Telegraph when I got out of school in uh, 1973 with uh, Mike Starkey in the Painesville Telegraph, and uh, so it's it's uh, <laughs> I was kidding to somebody. I go, this is how I started, and this is probably how I'm going to end if these if these knuckleheads don't get back on the field. So, <laughs> but it's been fun. It it's really it's just good to see people, you know, kids enjoying playing baseball. You know, you like you know sometimes I'm driving down to work sometimes, or you know, and you drive past empty ballparks, or I'm flying somewhere, and you fly over an empty diamond and you're sitting there thinking, you know, where are the kids? Where, why, why isn't somebody playing baseball there playing catch or something? But now you see it's still, people still are still playing baseball. You know, kids are still playing baseball. They're, they're still getting dirty and stuff and, you know, sliding into second base and, and striking out and hitting, you know, getting big hits and making errors and, you know, just everything you're supposed to do in baseball. I was struck in reading today's story um, about how, you know, and I've done the same thing. I mean, we both, everybody who's been in sports journalism at some point has written about youth baseball, uh, you know, whether it's, for, you know, it's a championship or it's a tournament or, or something. 
But I had forgotten, and it was nice to be reminded about the the care that the people involved, the adults involved, were. When you talked, wrote about the umpire who was helping out the catcher, who was dealing with a wild pitcher, yeah, and, and, and giving him tips in between innings on you know how he could better handle you know fastballs that are five feet away from where they're supposed to be, yeah. It it was uh, stories like these, and and they've been received rather well on the site. You know, we we've gotten you know a, a few thousand people uh, reading them. Uh, is reassuring, not you know not about the the big guys, not about the major leaguers, but kind of reassuring that there is a little bit of normal life that can still take place during the pandemic and you know uh, a summer that is unlike any of us have ever you know experienced before yeah that's a good point jamie it was like kind of you know I've, I've never been to instructional league at the big leagues you know but you know the instructional leagues you know from talking to people you know you can stop play in the middle of a game the the coaches will come out and and you know tell you what you did wrong or to how, how that run shot rundown should have been made and that's what it reminded me that that the umpire, you know, taking time with the with the with the catcher, you know, the little catcher with all the gear on, saying this, you know, and I, you know, like he said, he some he does it most sometimes he does it just to protect him, so he's he's not bobbing and weaving behind the plate as much, you know. So, uh, but it was it was it was it was nice, and the, and the guy I talked to was was really really you know really uh, you know he's just a good guy. It seemed like he cared about the kids and he cared about the game. Did the kids know who you were when you asked them questions? No, they didn't know who I was. I mean, they they got no idea. But their parents, but the, the, the parents did and stuff. You know, because I talked to uh, Tom uh, uh, Lazar. I think he was the coach of the North Olmstead team, and I, you know, I told him I was coming out, and uh, they, they were really helpful. But the, the best part to me was when the kid makes a catch in left field. And, and, and a great catch, by the way. And and, and uh, his mother jumps up. He goes and goes, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad mommy was here to see that. And the kid goes, you're not going to cry, are you, mom? <laughs> I just, where, where else would you hear that? You know, I just, I thought that was, that was, that was cute. It was cool. A good moment. Uh, I, you see a lot of major leaguers who are pointing the stands to their family after they've homered or, or you know, done something you know good, and but and I think they're probably thinking that sometimes, yeah, right? Because you know, yeah. they know you know either their wife or their mom's visiting or their dad or whatever, and you know they're thinking that, but to actually hear it is just it, it is so much of what the America. Uh, you know, mythos is about baseball is yeah. those moments. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I remember uh, a game I, I did when I was working at a paper in Michigan, and th this is the darker side. But you know, some kid comes up, and apparently, everybody. You know, this is not a huge league, so this is like the fourth time these teams have played, and there were so many kids and some parents already telling the pitcher, don't worry about this guy. He always strikes out. <laughs> and, and, and I remember being kind of that kid back in yeah. the day, you know, and we, we all, all were. Yeah. 
at, at one point or another. And I'm thinking, man, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to see, you know, people here who are so determined to win that they're missing the point, you know, you know for 10 year olds or, you know, however old they were. So I, that's why I really enjoyed today's story is it was that, you know, the kids are just playing baseball and getting a charge out of it. And the adults were good. Uh, do you think the, the kids at all think about the, the MLB situation? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I really haven't talked to them much about that. I just, uh, you know, I think that I talked to the coaches and the parents about that and they're all anxious to uh, get the games going, uh, you know, for, you know, the Indians and all the big league clubs to get back on the field. The kids, I think, are just happy to be playing. I think they've been cooped up for, you know, just like you know, you and me, you know, they've been cooped up what, what for two and a half months, whatever it's been since right. what, May 12th or March 12th. And uh, I think they're just glad to get outside and be running around and see their friends again. You know, that's what I get. I, 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 I've talked to a lot of them and they said, I'm surprised we're even playing. You know, I, I thought there was we, we there was no chance we'd be playing. You know, they, I think of, most of them have only played two or three games. A couple teams have had tournaments, you know, and and um, but uh, but, you know, the, <laughs> the other thing I was in Chagrin Falls last week. And there's, you know, a woman umpire and uh, and she's got the kids like if their jerseys were hanging out, <clears throat> she had to get them to tuck them in, you know, and, and she's and the kids, you know, you're eight, if you're eight years old or you're under eight years old, you can't you don't tuck your shirt in. So these kids are struggling to tuck their shirt in. <laughs> the coaches have to come out and tuck their shirts in at home plate because she didn't want them to get hit, you know, with a with their shirt tail hanging out and have to, you know, get hit by a pitch or something. <laughs> but I, I'm just, you know, it's just so cool. And then everybody, you know, of course, everybody's can't wait to the end of the game because they go to uh, get some ice cream somewhere. You know, this Gary Island. So this was the place where everybody was going after this game. So I, I'm, I'm wondering two things. One, so the NFL must have laid off one of their uniform cops and she becomes an umpire <laughs> at a youth sports game. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but I, uh, I'm amazed. And it's and the second part is a shirt that is outside untucked somehow provides less protection than a shirt that is tucked. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was getting be hit by a. Has she been hit by a ball? <laughs> I'm not sure what was going on, but it was. I just was. I was kind of just chuckling to myself, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, bless anybody, bless any adult who is willing to spend their time and and help you know, kids enjoy their, their summer days. So I, I'm being, you know, very lighthearted in this very mild criticism. It's just like, okay, calling balls and strikes are probably a little bit more the emphasis for an umpire than worrying <laughs> about uniforms. And then, but, you know, you've seen umpires, the, the couple games, so a couple games I've seen umpires you know, in respect to uh, the, I guess, the uh, protocols, calling games from behind home, uh, behind the mound, calling balls and right, strikes. Right. And then, but last night they were calling, uh, this sump was calling from behind the, behind the plate. So I guess, uh, you know, different leagues, different rules, maybe. 
Um, I, I think it's been a really cool thing that we've that we've had on the site. It's a uh, it certainly is not something that anybody else I've seen is is trying to do, and particularly not with a major a veteran MLB reporter. Uh, it's that's a that's that's a different thought. Do do you have any particular you know, when you look back at that, or look back at your own time as a youth baseball player? Anything that sticks out as a, a good or a bad memory? Well, it's not. <laughs> let's put let's put it differently. A good. Or a funny memory? <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember I was like I would play the infield, and I was like I I couldn't concentrate, you know. I was like daydream. I was daydreaming all the time out there. Drove my father crazy, and the coach would would yell out and go, "Hoins, stop chasing butterflies out there!" <laughs> chasing butterflies. I like that. Yeah, I, he he said I I don't know what I was doing, but uh, I remember one time. Uh, there was a Dennis Murphy was pitching my, my a good friend of mine and they hit me. Dennis threw real hard and hit me. It, it hit me in the arm. And uh, that's that stays in my my memory for some reason. Well, I, I remember. Uh, let's see, I think our first year was. Uh, yeah, I think we were. This is before you had the real little, you know, the T-ball leagues and, and, and all that yeah. stuff. So, you know, I think I was probably nine or 10 when you first got into an organized baseball. And uh, I, I just raised my finger and did air quotes, which is kind of pointless on a podcast, unless you're <laughs> going to say air quotes, <laughs> organized. And uh, uh, I, I remember my first year, uh, I was over for the season. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably walked four or five times and did not have a hit. And, uh, and you know, a walk got a standing ovation for my family. That, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's one of those things that provides great motivation. We had, and, and I learned how to be a little better and be a little bit more coordinated because uh, we had in the house that my family lived in, had one of those really old brick uh, outdoor fireplaces that existed back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And, you know, it, it had, you know, the, the little chimney that, you know, ra- rose up from where the, the fire was. And I would take a tennis ball, step 50 feet away, and just as if I was pitching, throw balls at the, the chimney. And you were rewarded if you if you you know got a strike, yeah, because uh, the ball would bounce back to you. And you could do it again. And your penalty was if you missed, the ball sailed into the neighbor's yard. Yeah. <laughs> and off you go. Yeah, <laughs> you because it's not like I had a hundred tennis balls; I had three. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. So anyway, yes, youth baseball, lots of fun, and it was. And, and it really has been very cool to see the uh, big ball game of the day, uh, which we do uh, on occasion, while, particularly while the uh, season is for the big boys is not around. Well, we will take a break now for a couple of uh, uh, words of uh, wisdom, and then we'll be back. We have a, a bit of a rant to go on to uh, after this. We'll be right back with the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.
We are back with the Cleveland Baseball Podcast uh, and just want to remind you that it's a really great deal for people who like this podcast and who like Paul Hoynes' coverage and Joe Noga's is to sign up to be part of the Cleveland Baseball Insider on subtext. Uh, we just charge $3.99 a month and you are given uh, access to uh, texts sent directly to you from Paul and Joe as things develop, uh, either whenever baseball gets around uh, to playing or whatever's happening in the, in the days, uh, what's going on right now. Uh, it is, you'll get exclusive insights, bonus content. Uh, there's nobody more experienced in covering Cleveland baseball than Paul. And uh, there'll be lots of little uh, bonuses that you'll be able to have and particularly access to some content that won't be available to non-insiders. Like I said, it's $3.99 a month. You get a free 14-day trial uh, just to test it and see how it works for you. And we hope you'll become one of our baseball insiders. All right, Paul. Well, I, I, I have a gripe. Um, you do rants. I have a gripe. Okay. But this gripe might turn into a rant. At least I kind of hope so. Um, the news, I saw a story today uh, from the LA Times about how Albert Pujols uh, decided to pay the salaries of every Angels Dominican Republic employee uh, for their facility there. Uh, players, officials, uh, you know, field attendants, uh, pre pretty much everybody. Uh, and it appears to be costing Albert probably somewhere around $187,000, which begged the question, Angel's owner, Artie Marino, is worth $3.3 billion. $187,000 is stuff that, I mean, the old cliche would be you know, left in a, in a couch. Uh, I think it's more in a change cup in his car. Uh, but he basically laid off 80% of the non-baseball or the non-major uh, non league staff. Uh, so all the minor leaguers uh, or all the minor league operations were, were laid off uh, or furloughed. And I'm just wondering, does anybody at baseball understand how bad a look this is? Uh, maybe people don't want, don't want to say they care. But when David Price, you know, donates $1,000 to every player in the Dodgers minor league system to give them something to tide them over. And since Shu Chu does the same for the Rangers, it is the Rangers still, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> okay. still, still there. And the Major League Baseball uh, Players Association on Wednesday uh, sent $1 million to be spread around all the minor league players who obviously have nothing to do. Uh, and many have been, uh, their, their $400 stipends have been removed. Um, and I just wonder, when am I going to read a story about baseball's owners coming together and saying, we need to do something as well, instead of kind of putting the players on hooks every month? Well, we'll find out whether or not they're going to pay for guys in July or August. I, I, I'm baffled by this. 
Yeah, Jamie, it's it's a tough, tough situation. Uh, you know, I know that t- there's some teams like uh, the Tigers, for instance. You know, the Yelich family has said, you know, this is this is our family, and uh, w- they're not going to have to worry. You know, minor leaguers. I'm pretty sure have, have guaranteed salaries through you know September or whatever. You know that I don't think they had layoffs, but a lot of teams, you know, have done exactly what uh, the Angels did, and uh, it's just. Um, you know, this thing, it just has brought out the worst. You know, it's brought out the best and the worst in in in, uh, in a lot of people. And uh, you just wonder, you know, I, I think when I think about the Tigers, I think about a family, you know, a family business. I think about, and, and I think what goes around comes around. The Kansas City Royals the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they they uh, they have paid their guys. They're, they're minor leaguers, and I don't think they've laid anybody off. Now, they may have furloughed some people. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's, a, it's just, I don't know. It's just, um, you know, I, I, you know, I remember talking to Jody Garrett, and uh, just to get, illustrate, Jody Garrett was, you know, one a uh, former Indians outfielder. Um, I think he was uh, finished high in the rookie of the year voting. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about in the minors where he was rooming with this one guy, and he said, "I had this this one pe- last piece of pizza in the refrigerator," and he had to go away for a couple of days, and he came back, and the piece of pizza was gone. And, you know, the, and the, the roommate said he didn't eat it, <laughs> but obviously he did eat it. But I'm sitting there thinking, you guys are really worried about one piece of pizza and the miners. Couldn't you just order another one? But, you know, that's the kind of uh, they're not making a whole lot of money down there, you know, and and it's kind of hand to mouth. And, you know, you're you're not getting a lot of meal money every day. And, and that just struck me that the the. Uh, the scales, the pay scales are so different, you know, and I don't, and I know you obviously, you don't want to, you know, you don't want somebody to be uh, living in a lap of luxury playing an A ball. You want to give them some motivation to get to the big leagues, but still, I think you have to, uh, you have to support your players. If, if they're in your organization, you have to, uh, you know, give them good facilities and, and, you know, at least, you know, at least, a certain amount of money to, 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 uh, you know, to be uh, productive every day in the field. Well, I think a lot of fans uh, either don't realize or just have never real uh, known is that, you know, most of the young players who are signed, uh, you know, the ones who are drafted high, okay, they get a nice big bonus. There's, there's, you know, serious money there, but the guys who are taken in the, you know, 31st round, or free agents like they are now, uh, once the games are actually being played, yes, they do get meal money. It's not a lot. Uh, on a, on a, you know, particularly now is meal money in the minors only, it's only for road games. I think it? so. I think you're right, Jim. Right. Yeah. And so they're generally they're getting about $400 a week uh, from, from the major league teams. And, you know, they're paying taxes on that. Uh, and that's why they live three or four to an apartment. And I'm not saying it's a ter- terrible life. It's, it certainly isn't. But they're not playing baseball right now. So yeah. they don't get the meal money. And yet they're still supposed to do something to try to stay in shape. 
They're not be, there's no minor league, you know, structure for them at the moment. I mean, we've had enough stories of major league guys trying to find mounds, you know, in somewhere in the neighborhood that they can throw. And you're also so you're talking about, you know, several thousand minor leaguers who, you know, unless they were blessed and were drafted in the first, you know, seven, eight, nine rounds are not making much money, don't have any help in, in meal money, don't have any uh, support from the teams from the teams that own them, own their rights because there's no place for them to go. And and then to have, you know, some of them being put in a situation with, oh, $400 a week, that's just too much for us to pay as, as a major league franchise is just, it's petty. You know, it, to me, it's petty. It, it's it's chump change for these guys. I don't care how big your minor league system is, and they're all roughly about the same. They're about five teams per per franchise. So you're talking 145 to 150 players. You can't guarantee them $400 a week to make sure that they're going to be okay. David Price has to chip in. Sinsuchu has to chip in. Other players have, are chipping in. The employees are playing are paying the employees rather than the employer. Uh, I oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it is a tough situation. And you know the minor leaguers aren't covered by uh, the union. The union right. does not represent the minor leaguers. So. You know they're kind of getting it on. You know the candles, their candles being bur- uh, burnt at both ends. So it is, uh, it's a tough situation. And hopefully, and and Jamie, there's there's no end in sight for the minor leaguers. Right. I mean, this season's gone. Right. You know, and you know, I remember reading as soon as they shut down, you know, spring training and suspended it. Um, you know. There were minor leaguers. There were stories about minor leaguers getting second jobs just to, you know, they were, you know, de- you know, food delivery jobs or pizza delivery guys. They were they were already getting a second job to, uh, you know, just to supplement their income and get by. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's hey, <laughs> it's a long way to the top in rock and roll. It's a long way to the top in, in baseball, too. And. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to send some bump, uh, bumps and bruises along the way. It's not always gonna be, you know, you're not always gonna be staying in four star hotels. Oh, I, and and the thing is, I, I I actually understand the philosophy of the minor league. I've always understood the philosophy of the minor league system. You know, you start it low, and as you work your way up, every, your life becomes a little better every step you go. You know, as you accomplish things, you know, you're rewarded for them. And, you know, yes, that, that is the way the minor leagues should work. But when the minor leagues can't even play yeah, and you still have employees that you have the rights to, the, I, I think we're kind of in a, in a moral, you know, situation where you just have to decide what's the right thing to do. And some teams have decided the right thing to do is uh, we'll keep, a, we'll keep a hold of our own money. Yes. And, and, That'll come around, you know. What goes around comes around in those situations, Jamie. That's uh, that's uh, that's what happens, and that's you know, people, players don't forget. Well, f- from Paul Hoynes' lips to the great authority over baseball's uh, ear, uh, I hope that's right. 
Anyway, that's uh, that's our Friday uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, youth kids, that's great. Um, the situation for minor leaguers, not so much. For Paul Hoynes, I'm Jamie Turner. I thank you for listening, and uh, the podcast will be back on Monday.